you turn in your or open your Bibles to Psalm 84. I've been thinking about uh, writing a little book on how to be physically fit after 50. Uh, this is, if you want to know the secret, I'll go ahead and give it to you. Um, find you a nice, you know, level place with room to both sides so that you can stick your hands straight out, okay? And uh, then get you a uh, five-pound potato bag and put it in each hand. And when you can hold it out there for... A minute, you know, that's pretty good. Do that about three times a week. After you get proficient at that, move up to a 10-pound potato bat in each hand. And then if you're really good, this is what I've done, 50-pound potato bat in each hand. And after you've done that for, you know, three times a week for a while and you got really good at it, then put a potato in each bag. Okay? <laughs> Fooled you, didn't I? How many of you have zeal for that? Probably not too many of us have a zeal for that at all. As I've been going through this pandemic with you, with myself, one of my burning passions is that we would see the need to have a zeal for God and His house. That we would literally become like Christ and zeal for the house of God would consume us. That's not where we've been. That's not the zeal a lot of people have. But that is so filled. Uh, full, the scripture's just full of it. I want you to see the theme of it here in Psalm 84 uh, mentioned in four of the uh, 12 verses here. Verse 1, How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. Begins with this conviction. It's just so beautiful, wonderful to be in the dwelling place, the sanctuaries of God. Verse 2, My soul longed, even yearned, for the courts of the Lord. Again, you see that theme. Verse 4, How blessed are those who dwell in your house. And then verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. You see this theme. The psalmist wants to be in the courts of the Lord. But he doesn't just want to show up. He yearns for it. He's zealous for it. He's hungry for it. He's thirsty for it. He's consumed by it. How do we get there? How do we get that kind of zeal for the sanctuary of God? How do we long for God's house? Now, if you could be anywhere in the world today, right now, if, I, if you could be anywhere, where would you want to be? If it comes to your mind, well, I'd want to be on the lake. I'd want to be at the beach. I'd want to be eating sushi. I'd want to be at Starbucks. I'd want to just sleep in. See, a lot of these thoughts come to our head. And there's nothing wrong with any of those places. But is the primary thought, the number one thing that comes to your mind when I say, if you could do anything, be anywhere, where would you be? Is the number one thought, 
I wish I could be in the courts of God. I wish I could be in the sanctuary of my God. I wish I could be in His house. Because, see, I was created for one purpose. My chief end is to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. And I would be fulfilled if I could be in His house. Is that number one? See, I don't think you're much different than me. There's times we struggle in our repentance. God, I, I repent that that's not number one. I want to be where you are. I want to be in your house. And I want to be consumed with the praise of my God. Let's look at the, the reasons the psalmist gives us here in Psalm 84 for uh, wanting to be in God's house and dwelling places, His, his churches. Uh, he gives us three. Because it satisfies us, because it strengthens us, because it saves us. Let me break it out for you. The First of all, it satisfies us, the first four verses. I'll, I'll read all four together. How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul longed, even yearned for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird also has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even your, your altars, O Lord of hosts. My King, my God. There's a verse I missed. Even your altars. Learn, yearning for that. Verse 4. How blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Why are these places lovely? Well, it's obviously lovely because God's in, in them. God's there. That's what makes the place itself so significant. But you see from the psalmist, he's just like, it's, it's like us being away on a long trip or a long time, and we finally get home and we say, oh, it's so good to be home. The psalmist has that kind of experience in the house of God. It's so good to be in the house of God. And I realize it's so satisfying that I yearn for it. I, I'm, I'm zealous for it. I can't wait to be in God's house. You know, I, I remember one time I've shared the story of, of, of being sick unto death, you know, in the hospital three weeks and then three weeks bed rest after that. I haven't shared the story. So then seven weeks away from church, on the seventh week, I get to go back. Um, and if you're sick, stay home. We get that. So I've been sick for six weeks. Seventh week, I get to go back. And from the first notes, kind of like we, we started this morning with holy, holy. And you know, you know what's coming. But as soon as that first word was out of the congregation's mouth, I just started weeping and crying because I knew I was in the presence of God. God's people were there. God's sacraments were there. The scripture was there. And I had been given this incredible honor of being there as well and giving praise to God. How good is that? It's incredible. What an honor that we have been chosen to give the Almighty God praise and adoration. I didn't need anything. I just get to do what I was created to do. 
My chief end is to glorify God. And I got to do it. And I was overwhelmed by it. And so thankful I could be back at it. And when I ever get to the place, I can't do that. Take me home, Lord Jesus. That's why I'm here. Is to give God His praise, His adoration. It's so wonderful. It's so lovely. Uh, you can't be silent. You, you sing. And that's what was happening here. Uh, praising God. L look over at another passage. Look at Psalm 148. We were all created for this purpose. Let me read a little bit to you. Psalm 148, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord's command. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him all angels. Praise Him all hosts. Praise Him sun and moon. Praise Him all stars of light. Praise Him highest heavens and the waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. Okay. Everything's supposed to praise God because He's the Creator. He commands and we exist because of Him. It says because of that relationship, everything must bow down to God and should give him praise. But it goes one level beyond that. Look down, uh, let's say, verse 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven, and He has lifted up a horn for His people. There's the higher level. His people. Everything He's created. But there's this special group. His people. His people, verse 14, praise for all His godly ones, even for the sons of Israel, a people near to Him. Praise the Lord. Keep going. Praise the Lord, verse, Psalm 149, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of the godly ones. So in the courts of the Lord, in, in the congregation, you see Jesus. In the congregation, you see redemption. In the midst of the holy ones, the godly ones, God's people, you see pardon and forgiveness. You see God at work. And you get to praise God for that. Being chosen out to be His people. We need to praise God, especially His church. Now, back in Psalm 84, not only should everything praise God, but especially His church. I love the illustration here in verse uh, 3 of this bird found in the house. How many of you have these little wrens at your house? I opened the garage door yesterday, and three wrens come in, you know, to make a mess, uh, a mess and, a, and a nest. And it's amazing. If you leave the door open sometimes, just give them a few hours, and they can make that nest. It's incredible. How fast they can do it. And, and I'm not going to leave it open all the time. So what are you thinking? You know, I'm trying to shoo them out. Get out of here. You know, I don't want them in there making that mess. I'm not going to leave the door open for them. Uh, but the, the illustration here is there are birds like that. That sometimes get into the house of God. 
And they get in the rafters and they make their nest and they have a way in and out. And he says, and it's so wonderful because they get to raise their children in the house of God. How awesome is that? He says, that's what I want. That's what I yearn for. Is to be in God's presence and raise my children there. I weep for some of you who, who go on vacations and you don't go to church. You don't yearn for the house of God. You don't, you don't spend your time in God's house because you give the message to your kids that it's optional. That it doesn't matter how they grow up or, wait or the, where they grow up. And here the psalmist says, no, it's so precious to be in the house of God and dwell there and be raised there because they exist, we exist for God's praise. So you don't go through life without purpose, without significance, without value. We have a reason to be here, and that is to give God praise, and we can do that. And that's what he's yearning for. Um, we must develop that, seek God, rest in God, long for God. It is so satisfying to be in God's presence. Well, I'm going to keep going. Uh, Psalm 84, verses 5 through 8. See the strength uh, emphasis here, verse 5. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion, passing through the valley of Baca. They make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Um, he describes being in God's presence in this section um, because it strengthens him, takes him from strength to strength. And he, he uses this imagery of uh, his heart being like a highway to God. Uh, in whose heart are the highways to Zion? And you know, there's a big difference between a highway and a path. He didn't say, I, I want a path to God. This is well-traveled territory, a highway to God. That's, he said, that's what strengthens me, is this regular, well-traveled route to, to God in His praise, ever praising you, not just occasionally, ever praising you. Um, how blessed is the man whose strength is in you. I get my strength from praising God, being in His presence. Um, the illustration here, it's hard to say what it is, verse 6, Baca. Uh, is, that a, is that the name of a valley? Is it a literal place? Or is it just a description of some sort? It, I'm not sure it matters. You can see from the contrast in the verse that he's describing a place, obviously, that's dry and desolate, like a desert. But because of the praise of God, because God's there, it becomes a spring, and it's covered with blessing. And that's his illustration, again, of being in the sanctuary of God. You might come in washed up. You might come in dry. You might come in uh, miserable. But there's so much blessing here in God's house that you get filled like a spring. As you, as you travel again that highway to God, there's strength after strength is given to you um, just being there. It's, it's, it's a joyous thing. He says, uh, the discomfort goes. The blessing comes. We need church every week. 
Because we need strength every week. We need to go from strength to strength instead of constantly getting down and needing to be picked back up. Is it this consistency uh, is what we need. God has created us in, in need of, of, of structure. You know, he, he gives us so much structure like day and night. That's structure to order our time. But he gives us one day out of seven. Again, structure for rest in him to get to the sanctuaries of God and to dwell with him. And it strengthens us. It rejuvenates us. Um, as Isaiah talks about, we mount up with wings like eagles when we wait upon the Lord. And though we're weary, we become strong and uh, strengthened. Uh, look at the, the popular verse, Hebrews uh, 10, 24 and 25. Um, I don't want to talk about just uh, being in the sanctuary, but I want you to see the strength part of this verse as well. Uh, Hebrews uh, 10 24 and 25, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, they were obviously seeing a day of, of, of great uh, destruction coming. Uh, and they said, you know, we're seeing hard times ahead. What do we need? We need to get together. As God's people, yes, we get that. But it says, when you get together, your ministry to, should be strengthening one another. Consider when you go to the sanctuary of God, how to strengthen. Because this is to be, as we saw in Psalm 84, God's place of leading us from strength to strength. And one of the ways he does that is through the saints. We strengthen one another. We encourage one another. We rejuvenate one another. The Spirit of God's poured out on us and then through us in ministry to others. The Spirit of God's poured out on the Scriptures and through the Scriptures to strengthen others. The Spirit of God's poured out on the sacraments and through the sacraments to strengthen us. See, all of this is only in the house of God. That's where you find all of these elements together. And it strengthens us so that we're not... Walking around. God doesn't want us walking around weak and weary. He says, come to me. Let me strengthen you. Let me rejuvenate you. You see it in the Psalms. You see it throughout the Scripture. God's presence is going to strengthen us. So being in the house of God will satisfy like nothing satisfies. It will strengthen. And the third thing I want you to see in Psalm 84, it will also save. Literally save us. Kills. I, I saw an interesting study. I, I just, I'm just not going to use it now. I may use it at some point, but it was because it was a study uh, done by Harvard. Not Christians doing the study, but they, they determined that missing church could literally kill you. That didn't make the headlines for a lot of people. But what they were saying was they did research on people in religious groups who were constantly together. And if they were together, they were strengthening one another. They were satisfied, people were much more satisfied with life. And so they were avoiding the suicide and the alcoholism and the divorce and drug addiction and these other things. And it was literally saving their lives. Just 
disconnection with the body of Christ. You don't need that research to know that. It's in the scriptures. Notice the, the uh, security, the salvation that comes from longing for the courts of the Lord. Verse 9 uh, to the end. Behold, our shield it starts just a declaration. Our shield, O oh God. A shield is a device of salvation. It's a device of security to keep the enemy, to keep uh, the arrows, the bullets, the destructive things from you. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. Again, the blessings are to God's people, those who have been given the gift of faith, to trust in him, verse 12. But this blessing that he talks about here is this shield, this security that's ours in God's house. Um, do you look for salvation? Do you look to be spared? Do you look to be secure from things? Sure you do. God says, come to my house. You want security. Uh, you want a security detail like the president. You want to be surrounded with shields constantly. Come to my house. Oh, Lord, you're my shield. You're my shield. And, and you're, you're with me here. And you secure me here. And then he, he, he throws out this absolute truth that we were talking about a minute ago. That a day, verse 10, in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere, outside. And he even goes to say, you know, whatever tent you're dwelling in, whatever it is, it's a tent of wickedness compared to what we get in God's presence. Um, do you trust that? Do you really trust that advice? A day in God's courts is better than a thousand. Think about the odds. A thousand to one. It's pretty significant odds when you think about it. A day in God's house is better than a thousand days at home. A day in God's house is better than a thousand days at the beach. A day in God's house, a thousand to one, no matter anything else you pick. So, well, no, 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 you will be safe, you will be secure if you stay at home. Wait, wait a minute. It says here, a thousand to one better chances of being God being my shield when I'm in the courts of the Lord. A thousand to one. That's a no-brainer. Now, we can get sick and die right here as well as anywhere else, but this is our shield. God, His courts are better for us. Why do we let people who don't know the courts of the Lord tell us how good or safe or secure this is? We, 
That just doesn't make sense to me. Do, we, do you not see the scheme of the devil to keep the people of God from God? Do you burn and hunger and thirst to be with God in his house? See, I didn't invent it, but I trust it. And I will die for it because I exist for it to be in God's house to give him praise. What a tremendous honor that is that he lets us do that. Well, where was I? I'm sorry. Got carried away. Are you ever tempted to miss, miss God's house? Why would you be tempted to miss God's house? Scheme of the devil. Because you know if you trust God, you've been satisfied, you've been strengthened, and you've been shielded in God's house. You go looking for satisfaction. I do. I go looking for strength. I go looking for salvation and security. And I get them all right here. Why, why am I tempted to go somewhere else for those things? When they are here with God in his house. You say, David, you're preaching to the choir this morning. Not really. You're the ones... I'm the, one, I'm the one that needs to hear it. I'm the one with faith in God. And my kids need to hear it. My grandkids need to hear it. And I want to raise people in the house of God. Those, that's the message of God. It's written for His church. Well, let's look at one other passage. Psalm 65. The more I studied Psalm 84, I couldn't get away from Psalm 65. And I just... So, well, let's, let's do both real quick. Psalm 65, look at the first four verses. There will be silence before you, and praise in Zion, O God, and to you the vow will be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you all men come. Iniquities prevail against me as for our transgressions, you forgive them. How blessed is the one whom you choose and bring near to you to dwell in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. Wow. Verse 1 might be a little complicated to you. I think it's, it's, it's describing the priestly work in the house of God. Uh, you can pick that up in, I think, it's Psalm 134 if you want. But literally, somebody like uh, Jonathan was here before me this morning setting things up, and I was here at 7.30. So there's, there's people in the house of God who can't wait to start. We're doing things. And that's the, what the priest was doing. He says, there's silence right now, but I can't wait for the noise. I can't wait to enter into his court's with noise, with a joyful noise, and his courts with praise. Um, so we're waiting for that, and that's, I think, what's being described in verse 1. There's this silence before you, and praise, there's the noise. Like the priests were waiting. Do, do, do you have that same rhythm in your own life? I can't wait. I can't wait to sing. I can't wait to give God praise. I can't wait till the people of God show up and surround me with praise. That's what's going on. 
Uh, and to you the vow will be performed. There's this covenant vow that's mentioned here of God's covenant with us in Christ. We're going to perform our part. God's performing His part. Verse 2, O you who hear prayer. It gives us two reasons for this rejoicing, this praise. Number one, God hears our prayers. Verse 2. How awesome is that? God doesn't hear everybody's prayers. If He hears your prayer, you're, you're pretty significant. That's valuable. And then the second thing He says He does, verse 3, not only does He hear our prayer, but verse 3, He pardons our sin. He obviously doesn't pardon everybody's sin. If He's doing that for you, again, fairly significant. To worship a God who hears you and forgives you. That's the, our God. And then notice this third thing. He chooses. Verse 4. How blessed is the one whom you choose and bring near to you. Why are you here this morning? Why am I here? Because God chose me to be here. And God brought me here. I didn't come because I'm trying to earn my way to heaven. I was chosen to be here to bless His name. That's the reason any of us are here. John chapter 6, I remind you, verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. You can't go to God unless God draws you. He literally drags us here. But we don't mind. Because of the great blessing, satisfaction, strength, security, being here. He draws us to himself. Notice uh, if you're in John 6, I'll jump over John 4. um, Love this. Verse 23. An hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Catch this. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Why am I here? Because God sought me. And God sought me to be His worshiper. God is the seeker. This is a seeker church. God is seeking people. And God is seeking people to be worshipers. God's drawing people into His house to worship. I am here because God has chosen me. To hear my prayers, to pardon my sin, and to use my praise for His glory. That, that's, that's no small blessing. That's no little blessing. That's heaped up blessing. That's vast beyond measure all blessing. To be in the house of God and give Him praise. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell where? In the house of the Lord forever. Giving Him praise. What significance we have that we have been chosen for such a time as this to bless and to praise God's holy name. Again, I ask, do you have zeal to be in the house of God? Are you consumed with it? You know, that time Jesus cleansed the temple from those who were buying and selling, you know, he makes this whip, he whips it up and he 
slings people around, turns over tables and says, get out. And the disciples just like, whoa, didn't see that coming. What was their explanation? And they said, but it makes sense. Because zeal for God's house consumes him. Zeal for God's house consumes him. And Jesus' answer was, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Literally a place where people come and they express themselves to God. God hears their prayer, pardons their sin, and they bless his name. The disciples walked and talked with Jesus for three years, and they said, it makes sense because zeal for God's house consumes him. Do we have that? Would anybody describe you as a person because you do something today? Well, it makes sense because zeal for God's house consumes him. Would they describe us that way? Sometimes our kids do. They say, you know, Daddy will never miss church. Daddy always wants to be in the house of God. Sometimes people see that, and they will describe us that way. That should be our description more and more and more. Sad statistic. George Barna Research Group did a survey of church members during this coronavirus pandemic just recently. And the statistics showed that of those staying home right now, 48% have not watched church online in the last four weeks. 48% church folks, church members, have not watched church online in the last four weeks. We start off first week, yeah, trying out. That wasn't too bad. Second week, try to, oh, we could do it at different times. Okay. Third week in, let's just do it later. And then they didn't get to it. And then the next week, let's do it at a different time. And they didn't get to it. And the fourth, third week, and they didn't get to it. And now four weeks in, and they didn't get to it. Not consumed with a zeal for the praise and worship of God. Why am I consumed? I'm consumed because it satisfies. It strengthens. It secures. It's who I am. It's why I exist. You know, I love two-year-olds. It's a time in life when they're growing, they're excited. So much is happening. But one thing I love that you all have seen, you love it too, is when that two-year-old sees you, lifts up their hands, and they say, hold you. Hold you. Now, why does a two-year-old say, hold you? What's going on in their heart? They know if they can, if you hold them, if you're their daddy or their mother, and you hold them, they get satisfaction. It feels good to them. They feel as strong as you are when your strong arms go around that little one. 
They go from strength to strength. And they feel safe and secure. And I hope week after week, you come into the house of God and you say, hold me. Hold you. I want to be in my Father's arms. I want to be in my Father's house because it satisfies me. It strengthens me. It secures me like nothing else does. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so. Forgive us for not showing it nearly enough. Forgive us for not being consumed with your praise and your adoration. We would not be here were it not for you. You've been so incredibly good to us sinners. May we more and more be overwhelmed with the unbelievable honor we have been given to praise your name. You could make rocks cry out, but you have chosen us. Lord, we praise you. We adore you. Thank you. May we enter your courts with thanksgiving. May we enter your courts with praise. Week after week after week. For satisfaction, strength, and salvation. Lord, we thank you for this truth that you've given us. May it shine and may the world see the beauty of being the family, the body of Christ. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.